What a delightful way to begin our Easter Sunday morning together. Thank you, Marcia, for a beautiful intro into celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And happy Easter to all of you. It is good to be together again in the house of the Lord and with each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. I know that there are some announcements that we need to make this morning before we begin our worship time. Um, so if uh, you would share that good news with this congregation. Yes, good morning. I'm Karen Whiteman and um, I've been the chairperson for our search committee. And we have found a beautiful couple. Their names are Reverend Mike and Reverend Nancy Krems, K-R-E-M-B-S. And they will be here in two weeks to candidate. So um, after much work, deliberation, we have decided that we believe they are the ones to lead our church into the future. So there will be a business meeting right after church, two weeks from today, 
April 18th, okay? And um, also I just want to say to the kids, Happy Easter, and we will not be having Children's Church today, but you will find things in your seats for you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. After the news of the COVID throughout this last year, it's good to be able to celebrate good news, isn't it? So I hope that you will pass the word. Uh, let good news make its way around your congregation with your friends. Uh, let them know that uh, there is a nice event coming up on the 18th and ask them to be present to celebrate that day with all of you. A word this morning um, before we get into our chorus and our hymn. The call to worship is a little long today, but I wanted to say to the congregation that from the very beginning, it has been about God. It has been about God's action on behalf of creation and on behalf of all of us. And so the litany for our call to worship begins with creation, but comes all the way through to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because the word of God has always been the creative power and presence of God's grace and love in the world. And I, I just wanted us to share that continuum today when we gather to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let us join together in the chorus of thy word. Christ is risen today. Two. 
Please be seated and let us turn now to the call to worship for this morning. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And there was evening, and there was morning, day one. God said, let there be firmament in the midst of the waters. God made the firmament and separated the waters from the firmament. And there was evening and morning, a second day. And God said, let the waters under heaven be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear God called the dry land earth, and God saw that it was good. And there was evening and morning, a third day. God said, let there be light, and God made two great lights, the greater to rule the day and the lesser to rule the night. God set them in the firmament to give light upon the earth. And there was morning and evening, a fourth day. God said, let the water bring forth swarms of living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth. God saw that it was good and God blessed them. And there was evening and morning, a fifth day. God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And there was evening and morning, a sixth day. On the seventh day, God was finished, and God rested on the seventh day and blessed the seventh day. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made through him. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. For truth and grace came through Jesus Christ. And those who received him not sought to put him to death. Jesus said, You know that after two days the Passover is coming, and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. On the day of crucifixion there was darkness over the earth, and Jesus cried unto God and yielded up his spirit. After the Sabbath on the first day of the week, an angel said to Mary, Do not be afraid. I know you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. This This Jesus Jesus was crucified and killed by the hands hands of lawless men. But God God raised him up, having loosed the pangs of death. This Jesus God raised up. And of that, we are all witnesses. Let us pray together the prayer of invocation. Lord, we have looked to you in every generation, for in you we have found our hope and destiny. On this day, you have fulfilled the promise of creation as well as our deepest hope and shown us that we were not created for this world only. As we celebrate the risen Christ, we also celebrate our own resurrection. Deep within our spirits rejoice in the good news of this day, and we find in it the courage to live as your people. For your word from the very beginning has been true and faithful. 
We are a resurrection people. Thanks to you, O God, for sending your word, even Jesus the Christ, as the assurance we need for living the full life and for life everlasting. In Jesus' name, amen. In the cross of Christ, I glory. seated. The epistle reading for this morning comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 through 11. It is Paul's recognition of the power of the resurrection to change his life and ours. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believed. This is the word of God for the people of God. We have some special music this morning.
Thank you, Delilah. That was very well done. I would like to talk with you children for a few moments of this morning about promises. Have you ever made a promise to someone that was hard to keep? I think that happens to all of us sometimes, doesn't it? We want to say that we will keep our word and we will do what we say we will do. And it's really important to do that. Well, many years ago, when I was 17, I started to go to church. That was the first time I had ever been in a church. And I joined that church. I became a member of the Baptist Church in a place called Maquoketa, Iowa. Now, none of you will be able to say that. But when I joined the church, I was given something that I have counted as a gift all the days of my life. This is called a treasure chest of Bible promises. In this treasure chest are all kinds of promises that God has made to us. And when I was young, I used to spend some time each evening taking these out and kind of memorizing them just to remind myself that the promises that God makes to us are always kept. God keeps God's word. And these little Bible, these little pieces of paper, cardboard, are some of the promises, in fact, all of the promises that are in the Bible that God has made to us. And so I would read some every night just to remind myself that God always, always keeps God's promises. Now I would hope, and I know that all of you don't have a little treasure chest like this, but the Bible is a treasure chest. If you have a Bible at home, you can also read God's word and you can read the promises that God makes to you. And trust that God will keep those promises 
no matter what, God will always keep those promises. Now, I just had this one this morning. It's from the Matthew, uh, Gospel of Matthew. And it says, whoever shall do the will of God, that same person is my brother, my sister, and my mother. It's God's promise that when we do the will of God, we are a part of a family. And a church is a family. And a family that believes in the promises that God makes to us. So I still have this little Bible promise treasure chest. I hope that in my time when I experience the resurrection, my children will keep this and they will remember the promises that God has made because the most important promise God has made to all of us is that we shall be with Christ, not only while we are here, but when we go to be with Christ in heaven. Will you pray with me? Dear God, we're thankful for the promises you have made. From the very beginning, you have kept your word in the creation itself, and then in the sending of Jesus Christ into the world. And you were with him all the days that he traveled among us. And in all the words he spoke and shared with us about your grace and your love. And so we pray this day that these children and all of us will hold on to the promises that we find in your word, O God, and that we see in Jesus, our Christ. Bless these children and this church that they may truly be a people of the word and a trusting congregation in your promises. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Joys and concerns this morning? Thank you. Janet and I have enjoyed being with you so very much. So I thank you. That's very kind. Yes. Glad to see you back too. It's always good to rejoin the family, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. And we continue to keep people in prayer who are in difficult situations. Always, friends. Always. There's no. There's no end to the concerns for which we pray every day. Yes, Barbara. Okay. Let us be in prayer.
Sometimes, Lord, you speak to us in the thunder because you have to break in upon our indifference or our inattention. You draw us up short, make us stop for a moment to consider. And there are times when you speak to us in a small, quiet voice. We know that you are there because we sense and feel your presence. Your spirit touches us and brings us into your presence. We are grateful, Lord, that you have never given up on us. That whether you speak to us in the thunder or in the small, quiet voice, you seek always to come to us and be with us, to be our strength and our encouragement, to be the source of our hope and our joy. And so it is when we gather on this, the special day in the life of the church and in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ, you once again will speak your word to us. So by the indwelling of your Holy Spirit, may the words that we share when we gather here today speak to us once again that you, O oh God, are with us, that the promise that we are never without your presence is kept. We are grateful that you have made of this community a church, a people of believers, those who proclaim the good news of the life and ministry of Jesus Christ and of his resurrection. May that proclamation not only be made to family and friends, but to the world around us every day. For this world indeed does need good news. We are thankful, O oh God, that Christ brought that good news into the world in a way that will live until you call all of us home again. Help us to be ambassadors of that good news, even as Paul and the disciples and all of those who have claimed the name of Christ who have gone before us have been. We pray for this world, O oh God. It is a place that you created out of love, that you hoped would have all of the bounty and benefits that you intended. Forgive us as a human family when we have turned aside and forgotten or when we have not lived up to the fullest potential of what is possible. But help us not to despair. Help us to move forward with the hope that comes to us in Christ Jesus, knowing that the past is past. The future lies before us. And that is where your promise will once again be made real in the life of this church and in the life of the world itself. So we pray for those people who have positions of authority and leadership. May they truly be sensitive to your voice, whether it comes to them in the thunder or in the quietness of a peaceful moment. May your voice break through in such a way that it informs and guides and leads. We pray, O oh God, for all of those who are suffering and in need today. You have called us, as we are ministers of the gospel, to be those ambassadors of goodwill, both in word and in deed. So help us, Lord, as you lead us, and as we see the needs around us, to respond as your people, knowing that you are leading us. We are grateful, O oh God, 
for the future of this church. We pray that you will be with the congregation and the new leadership. May it truly be a sign that you are bringing new life and new hope and new possibilities and that it will be truly a blessing not just for this church but for the community itself and for the world around us. We pray these prayers in the name of Christ who taught us to pray together this prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I know that my Redeemer lives. He wants 
To him I serve a risen Savior. Yeah. 
and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives, he lives within my heart. Rejoice, rejoice, oh Christian, lift up your voice and sing. This being the first Sunday of the month, and it being the custom of this congregation to celebrate the Holy Communion, we now gather to celebrate the life, ministry, sacrifice, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. In the night that Jesus was betrayed, he met with his disciples, he ate with them, and he broke bread and said to them, this bread represents my body, which is broken for you. As often as you eat this in my name, remember that. After he and the disciples had eaten the meal together, Jesus took the cup and said, this cup represents my blood, which is shed for you unto the remission of sin and new life. As often as you drink this cup in my name, remember that. Friends, I have shared with you before that the word remember should always be hyphenated. There should be a hyphen between re and member. Because what it means when we share this loaf and this cup, we take upon ourselves the body and blood of Jesus Christ. We pledge ourselves to live in the name of Jesus Christ. So to remember something is to put flesh on it again. This is not an idle moment. It is not just a ritual of the church. It is each one of us, our way of saying, here I am, Lord, send me. So let us take the wafer, which is in the top of the cup. I know this is a challenge. It certainly is for me. And this being a Baptist church, we share the wafer together as a community of faith. So let us eat the wafer together.
Now let us share the cup. This represents the blood of Christ shed for us under the remission of sin and life everlasting. Let us pray. You gave yourself for us, Lord, that we might give ourselves for the good of the world. So as we have shared the bread, as we have shared the cup, we ask that you will send us and lead us. May your Holy Spirit go before us, that we go into this world as your disciples. This blessing we ask in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Blessed be the tie that binds. Stand. response, please look at your bulletins. I'd like to hear some energy as we share this together. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Thanks be Thanks to God, God whose love, love and faithfulness overcomes the pangs of death. death. Go in peace. Amen.